You know, this industry doesn't survive unless we look after younger generations coming through and being supported and being invited and being involved. Welcome to the Fifth Wave Podcast. I'm Jeffrey Young. Today we have a very special episode for you. In anticipation for the 10th anniversary of the La Mazzocco True Artisan Cafe at the London Coffee Festival, we're going to be exploring the specialty coffee trends over the last decade, the turbulence of the COVID era, and more importantly, the bright future we see ahead for our industry. I'm joined here in the studio with industry legend Paul Kelly, General Manager of La Mazzocco UK and Ireland. Welcome, Paul. Thanks for having me, Jeffrey. Um, I love being in uh, your man cave. Uh, in uh, Camden, a very, very cool recording studio. Well, it's um, Serendipity Studios and um, lots more to come. So, yeah, welcome. Thanks. Well, it's the 10th anniversary of La Mazzocco's True Artisan Cafe, something that began at the London Coffee Festival. Um, we're going to be talking about that, but we're also going to be talking about just the coffee industry in general with a, a guy that's been absolutely a big part of the coffee scene, the artisan coffee scene, for many years. So. I wonder, Paul, if you could give us a little bit of background on your career in the coffee industry. A uh, trip down memory lane, Jeffrey. I came into the industry around 2003, 2000 and, yeah, 2003, worked with Molma, Food Service Solutions, Ago and Enzo, for around eight years, which was, um, which was a great experience and learning curve. I was introduced to that by Marco Arrigo from Illy. Oh, yes. Which you know very well. So another what a small world. thought leader back in the day of uh, uh, coffee being slightly different. And then moved in to work with Lamazocco. We opened an office here in 2011 or 2012, should I say. But um, yeah, very interesting experience watching coffee start in 2008 and really seeing it grow through Shoreditch through London and then through the UK, predominantly led by Australians and New Zealands coming over in 2008, 2009, when you had the kind of economic crisis for the rest of the world. But other people could come in and really shake things up and, and walk into a, um, a tea culture, really. There wasn't a, a coffee culture in the UK then. There was a, a tea culture with people trying to do coffee. And I think being at Molmar those early days, you could see that, that change coming where it stopped being you were just putting a piece of equipment on the bar to make a drink if it was requested. You were actually seeing people build a, a community and, and a business around a coffee machine and bring something exciting to the general public or the consumer who didn't really know about speciality, regionality, that sort of experience. Okay, you've, you've seen a lot and you know, nearly two decades in this, in this industry. If we just even look back at even a decade ago, you know, when you were kind of launching the True Artisan Cafe at the London Coffee Festival, what has changed in, even in that time? I think the festival, and I have to pay you a, a, a compliment here, Jeffrey. I think you launched the festival 2011, which was something that no one had the vision to do. And it was really about consumers, an experience of coming in and trying something new as a Somebody worked in the industry, there was a bit of suspicion and kind of, what's this all about? What's a festival? What are we doing here? We'd all done the shell scheme events up until then, and this was going to be something different. 
And I think you did it so well that that first year sparked a lot of interest and passion to step into this. So I, I applaud you for that vision. Well, I certainly had a, a young sidekick with uh, Ludovic, who's uh, uh, many in the room uh, will know, um, who brought that sort of creative edge to, to, the, to the festival. But how, how has coffee culture changed in those 10 years? Where was it at then? Um, and even in terms of sort of sales of equipment out across the country compared to where it is today? I think it was, it, it was a, different, a different approach. I think around 2009, 2010, what the Australians and Kiwis brought over was hospitality, but respect for a product and the excitement behind delivering a product. And uh, when they opened their shops, the shops were very basic design. I'm not talking down to what guys did back then, but it was very kind of pallets and coffee sacks because the money was in the equipment and the money was in the produce being exported. And I think, um, you know, they just changed a lot of perception. I think London managed to go quite quickly and embrace it because they were in an area of Shoreditch that was turned into kind of a media hub because that was the dot-com boom and uh, digitalization. So there was a lot of new businesses there that wanted coffee, wanted bars, but that infrastructure wasn't really available in Shoreditch. So a lot of these people gravitated to these first-time coffee shops that they'd ever experienced. Yeah. And then, you know, it's spread out across the rest of the country? Oh, completely. I think there are some great, great coffee shops all over England and Ireland. And I think it's fascinating to see Again, we'll talk about COVID at some point, but this, the re-energy and the opportunity that's come out of a terrible event that's happened globally, but you're seeing people take risks again. You're seeing people want to open coffee shops, want to do something different, want to be involved in hospitality, but for them to control the narrative. So for them to open restaurants, cocktail bars, coffee shops, which is exciting. The True Artisan Cafe, which um Lamazaka launched at the London, first ever London Coffee Festival. It's become world-renowned, really. I think it's set a model of, you know, excitement and experience at other, other events, and I think it's had a huge impact. I wonder if you could describe the True Artisan Cafe. What experience are you trying to deliver there, and what actually happens? Um, I think it was really interesting, again, talking about Ludwig, your partner in the, in the festival, and Rosalind, someone who's worked for you for a, a, a number of years. Chris, myself, Chris being the marketing director of Lamazocco, experienced the first festival that took place in 2011. And we were really trying to work out what we could do to flip from just having roasters on the stand, but actually bringing that cafe experience in and really showcasing lots of different aspects of a true artisan cafe, like be signature drinks, you know, cocktails, some food. And giving the smaller roasters, because it started with roasters first, a platform for them to showcase their businesses. And then we would be able to showcase what we do because they're our partners. And that was very important to us. You know, what's great about the festival and what's really important is young people. Yeah. You know, this industry doesn't survive unless we look after younger generations coming through and being supported and being invited and being involved and I think one of the goals from Lamazocco is to bring young people through. Mm. And I think it's very important young baristas will become young roasters, you know, young coffee shop owners. And I think we need to take the time 
as we were discussing earlier about giving people advice or mentoring them, I think it's important for people to, you know, take the time to, to Im- involve the younger generation in what we do and answer questions they have and support them where we can, because that's, that's, that's what keeps this industry alive is, is that being inclusive, not exclusive and letting people come through. Yeah. And as it's grown over the years, now you see roasters putting on their partners. So it's now it's more cafes. There's no longer roasters taking slots, but it's cafes that work with roasters that they want to champion because people are representing their beliefs, their mission statement even more. So it's grown. But the key part of it is hospitality, experience, passion, quality. With a little bit of madness and um, experience with DJs and bottles being thrown around by cocktail barmen while baristas are working on drinks. So, yeah, it's, a, it's quite a, an energised event. Great. And, and, and have you got any kind of success stories? Come Does it actually work for your business, first of all? It works for us because we're connecting with coffee shops that are people who have our machines that sometimes we, we don't get the luxury to meet because they may be gone or sold through a roaster. But I think if you look at the likes of Origin, the likes of Nude, Ozone, Coffee yeah. Roasters, All Press Coffee Roasters, they were all at the, at the beginning of, uh, of this journey when they were quite small roasters in London and they started with the Chuartazan Cafe and their success stories I'd say evident to most people within or, or who enjoy the industry. Yeah. And what, what has surprised you most about this, uh, this True Out as a Cafe? Anything that's going to go, wow, that was... There's many, many things that have surprised me <laughs> at the festival, Jeffrey. I don't know if this is the time to talk about them. <laughs> but, go on, go on. <laughs> but I just, I like the energy that people bring to this industry and to the festival. You know, how they show up is very important. And the passion they put into the delivery of a coffee, of a cocktail, of a, a donut, you know, it's, it's remarkable the thought process that's put into this, but then also the delivery from when they're behind the bar. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited about being back on the festival floor in the next few days or few weeks whenever this goes out. But I think it's really important for us to get back on on the show floor, back in an environment has to be safe. We have to manage people's confidence, but we have to move forward. And I think that's important. And what can we expect to see from London Soccer uh, this year at the London Coffee Festival? I think the Roasters Village, which is another thing that we, uh, we've worked on with uh, Allegra in the past, will be very exciting for a lot of new roasters that are coming to the scene. The Chouard Sand Cafe will be, I think, a bit more spirited, and and passionate because people have missed the opportunity to do it. 2020 didn't happen, so there's a lot of, yeah. you know, excitement. M- more spirited, no pun intended. I would <laughs> say more spirited. You, 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 know, you know the stand better than anyone, Jeff. I sure, uh, just saw the uh, head perk up of our uh, Chris, our sound guy in there. Uh, <laughs> likes a good, a good spirited event. Uh, fantastic. We're looking, looking forward to that. Now, um, the home market as well has been a really big focus of the coffee industry of late, especially during lockdown. And no doubt there's been some good results from the Linear Mini and how that's, you know, managed to play a role in the, in the, in the growth of the home coffee market. 
I think we were very blessed as a, a manufacturer to have the Linear Mini during lockdown. I think um, we, uh, we see it as uh, something we're very passionate about. And the home market is growing and growing and growing, as you've just said. We watched our business shifts in terms of the machines that were going out the door from commercial machines with home machines sitting next, next to them to then more home machines with very few commercial machines going out during the darkest days of COVID. But what's interesting, I think, about the home market is it drives the cafe industry. It drives the commercial industry. It drives coffee knowledge, first and foremost. So people who start to invest in home equipment start to invest in knowledge and looking for different coffees, different countries, different suppliers, different roasters. And I think that's good for the industry because it brings education in. Education is key to grow an industry. And we're going to see lots of linear machines at the festival? Yes, yes, yeah, I think we have a few. Now, a man with a lot of experience in the coffee industry, you've seen lots of great coffee shops. What piece of advice would you give to a coffee shop operator that was sort of starting now and what should they look out for? What are the keys to success? Mm, interesting question. I think um, now you, you see people contacting us that are slightly different to people that were contacting us pre-COVID. There's a lot more research being done. There's a lot more studying the produce, simplifying the offer, which I think is important. Just, you, know, you don't need to be all things to all people. You just need to do what you believe in well. Yeah. And I think that's key. Focus on you know, where you are, your customer base around you, what, what produce is available. I think uh, what's interesting is sustainability, mental health, and people staying local have, has been something that's really become more and more apparent during COVID. And I think coffee shops have been so important for people to be able to manage the COVID pandemic because they were local. You know, a lot of people live on their own. Their mm -hmm. interaction could have been just walking to a coffee shop and speaking to a barista and ordering a latte. Mm -hmm. We talk about essential workers from lots of different industries, and I think we need to look at that for baristas as well because they went to work in the smaller towns, villages. They went to work every day. They made coffee every day. And in strange environments, people coming in with masks, doing it through a hatch, you know, trying to do different things. But they were there listening to people and talking to people on a, on a daily basis. You know, we, we at Lamazoco talk to them as barista heroes. We're doing some marketing around that at the moment to try and award a barista hero, not just for their latte art or their coffee knowledge, but for how customers feel about the support mechanism. They were there for them. And I think that's, that's important. So for, for me, I think a coffee shop opening now really needs to employ the right people, employ nice people. You know, you can teach nice people coffee skills, invest in the people and invest in the produce and, and, and stay as local as you can, really, in what you do. What do you love about working in the coffee industry? The people and the passion. You know, we as a machine manufacturer are very lucky. We build a machine, but our machine is part of a community and things happen around that machine. Ideas are shared discussed, people connect, people look after each other all over a coffee. And when that coffee is made from our machine, it's, it's stunning to know that you're involved in that. If you think about how people 
communicate through their phone. It was really interesting. I watched someone the other day. They didn't write a text. They actually just spoke the words into their phone and it was written and then sent. And it's like, you know, there's a, there's a way of it changing. People are, are, are trying to, you know, slowly decline or step back from, from active communication. And I think cafes are the last bastion and restaurants where people go in and they, there's eye-to-eye contact, there's a communication, there's an exchange, and there's just an experience. And it's really important that cafes stay the distance and do that in a way. And I think that's something that's very special. True hospitality. And, and you know, the growth of this industry has been phenomenal, but it's never lost its core values to me, which are the true artisan is someone who cares about food, cares about coffee, cares about wine, cares about love and putting love into something that they serve. And I think that's important because if you lose your love for something, then you shouldn't really do it. <laughs> you should either take a break or step away. And I think we're lucky enough when we do the festival to see how much love is still coming into this industry and how much passion is going into the drinks that are being made. It's got one final question here. We end this episode of Fifth Wave usually with a piece of music from the Coffee Music Project. You were formerly in the music industry. Tell us a little bit of that, and, and I'd love to hear your final thoughts of um, the kind of the, maybe some of the parallels between coffee and music. You know, working, working in the music industry was very interesting. It ta- taught me a lot. Taught me a lot about environments, community. Again, I keep using this word and, and maybe I should look for something else, but it's the right word. Where you're on the road with bands, you're dealing with people coming in and having an experience. And when you step into the coffee industry, I think it's kind of the same. Coffee shops have fans. Coffee roasters have people that follow, you know, different roasters, their favorite roaster. And I think it's, it's about a commitment to an experience. When you make music, you want people to connect with it and have an experience. When you make a coffee, when you make a plate of food, you want people to connect with it and have an experience. So there's kind of similarities in that. And I like that. I think, again, going back to it's, it's the love of what you do and why you do it. What a way to end, Paul Kelly. <laughs> Thanks for joining us here today on Fifth Wave. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. And that's all this week for the Fifth Wave podcast. Please subscribe to Fifth Wave wherever you get your podcasts. And we'd really appreciate a good rating if you enjoyed this show. And also get in touch and tell us what topics are important to you so we can make the show more relevant to you and to your business. You can follow the link in the show notes to worldcoffeeportal.com slash fifth wave. This episode was recorded in the one and only Serendipity Studios in glorious Camden, North London. It was produced by myself, Jeffrey Young, the World Coffee Portal team, James Harper of Filter Productions, and sound engineering by Chris Brister. And today, we'll leave you with a track from London-based artist Bobby Harvey, winner of the Coffee Music Project 2021 Summer Edition, and the track is called Send Me. Have a great week, and until next time, stay safe and stay caffeinated. Open up myself to your sound Didn't think I'd ever be found Walking different cities together We are just an ocean apart You grow closer, tell me you're nervous Knowing we are fresh off the surface But I can honestly say that I am the same Got me like butter on a summer's day Blessings in the skies As I close my eyes, I feel you
Sweet day. 